right now, take a minute and write down three words that come to mind, how God feels about you. And as you're thinking, I'm going to just start because um, some words that can come to my mind are invisible, disappointed, a failure. These are all words that described how I felt before I understood what a relationship with Jesus Christ was really about. And sometimes I can have those thoughts again today if my focus is on difficult circumstances, unanswered prayer, or COVID-19, and not my God. It really depends on what I'm believing about God. So before I became a believer, it was like I was living in two worlds. And um, one was just a fun, carefree group of friends. And the other was more serious and very welcoming. They really loved me well, but I wasn't quite sure about them. I didn't want to be all in. I wasn't quite sure what they had that I didn't have. And then a friend's sister died in a very tragic car accident. And those two groups of friends came together. And it was like there was a line drawn in the sand where this group had hope and this group had no hope. And for the first time, I really knew I was in the no hope group. There wasn't a mix. I couldn't go from one to the other. And I kind of am wondering if we're not in a time like that now where we have to choose whether we're going to hope in God or have no hope at all. Um, one of my friends at the time who was a Christian sent me a verse, um, Isaiah 40, 28 through 31. And it's a verse I had never heard before at the time. I wasn't raised in a Christian home like y'all were. And it was just um, astounding to me that this could be a true thing. And I'd never heard it. And I've just recently this year, God's bringing this verse back to me over and over again. So I wanted to share it with you. I'm sure y'all are very familiar with it. But do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. And I love that description of who God is because, first of all, he's everlasting. He's creator. But do you see how many times weary is in that verse? I mean, in those few little verses, it's three times. And I think he doesn't grow weary even of me, of my doubts, of my questions. And he says he doesn't. He says his understanding is unsearchable. He knows our weary souls. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even when I've yelled at my child again, I was on a Zoom call today and the girl comes up and goes, did you hear me yelling at my child? And I didn't hear her because she had her on silence. But I mean, don't we all feel like, oh, did they catch me yelling at my child? Because we're doing that all the time now. We're so much together. Um, what about one more meal to cook? I know I'm cooking a lot more than I usually do. 
Or what about trying to clean the house? I heard someone say this week that cleaning your house with everyone at home is like brushing your teeth while eating Oreos. It doesn't really get clean, does it? Well, we can all feel these ways and we can all grow weary, but the verse goes on and says, but God, those who hope in the Lord, ESV says, wait for the Lord, will renew their strength. And what happens? They can soar. We can soar. We can run and we can walk. And I think I like that part best, the walking, because that's what we do every day. And he says, we can walk and not faint. Um, so look at the line drawn in the sand now. Do you see the difference between a life with hope and one without? Am I feeling stressed and defeated and maybe even a little depressed? What am I believing about God? How do I soar when I'm stuck in the house all day with little children or a husband working from home or even someone, some of y'all have medical, I don't know if anyone in this group does, but some have um, medical community frontline husbands. So how do we get there from feeling discouraged and defeated to soaring? Well, I feel like it's a glorious exchange. I give him my insecurities, self-sufficiency, my pride and admit I need help. I need to look up to him. Well, hope is my word this year. I ask the Lord to give me a word every year. And, and what I do is I'm studying through the year in scripture. I'll write any verse down that has to do with that word. And I keep a journal of it. I love journaling. That's just kind of my way of spending time with the Lord. But I think I chose it for um, what I hoped for rather than completely who I hoped in. But God, I think, had me choose it to change my perspective. I began with hope is waiting for something, and that's true, but it's so much more. Am I just hoping or waiting for this pandemic to end? Then how am I existing day to day? It can be pretty miserable. Our feelings can rule us rather than truth. Hope is believing in a faithful father who gave us Jesus, who brings us to our father. And I love this verse in 1 Peter 3, 18. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. That's why he came. So if I focus on circumstances, then fear and doubt and despair can creep in, or even my old handy fix-it mode, I can go there. And I'm more vulnerable to hearing the enemy's lie that God is distant and doesn't care about me, especially in this time of isolation when we can feel all alone. So where is your hope or do you even still hope? I came across this reading by Henry Nowen called In With Open Hands. And it says a person with hope does not get tangled up with concerns for how his wishes will be fulfilled. So too, his prayer is not directed toward the gift, but toward the one who gives it. His prayer might still contain just as many desires, but ultimately it is not a question of having a wish come true, but of expressing an unlimited faith in the giver of all good things. And I just wonder, do I have that unlimited faith in the giver of all good things? Where are your concerns tangled up? 
what are you believing about the giver? What if I feel like my faith has limits? What if I don't see the good? And then what's my expectation for what God wants to do in my life? Well, I think you know the answer. Our hope is in Jesus. Um, last year's women's ministry verse was Hebrews 6:19. Hold fast to the hope set before us. It's a sure and steadfast anchor for my soul. Anchors secure boating crafts in a storm. We're kind of in a storm right now. And um, where's your anchor? What are you trusting in? So let's think about what God thinks about us. Zephaniah 3.17 is my life verse. I heard it 20 plus years ago on a women's retreat. And the first time I read it or heard it, I'm not sure I believed it was true. It says, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. He will love you and not accuse you. He will rejoice over you with singing. You'll hear some kind of blended translations there because I tend to go to Bible Gateway and just look at a lot of different translations and sometimes I blend them in verses and this is one. But I love that God's with us. We're not alone in this COVID. We're not alone even if we're home all day with our children and no help because God is with us. The mighty warrior who saves. As a believer, you're a child of the mighty warrior. He does not lose heart, but he understands when we do lose heart. So don't beat yourself up and run back to your loving father. He takes great delight in you. You give him joy. You give him pleasure. Do you delight in him? Gratitude is everything in bringing us back to delighting in God. Speak out what you're thankful for, even if you don't feel like it at the moment. Maybe if you need help in this, ask your kids what they're thankful for and run to the Psalms. God will meet you there. And then one of my favorite translations of he will quiet you with his love. The one I read you was he will love you and not accuse you. I love that because I speak to ladies in the prison a lot and every one of them has been accused of something and they've been found guilty. But you know what? We have to remember God's not our accuser. Satan is. Jesus is our advocate before the father. When God looks at us, he sees Jesus. So in remembering this, we will be quieted by his love. And he will rejoice over you with singing. God rejoices over you. He sings over us. That's pretty amazing to me. So that's one of my um, calls to y'all is to look this verse up, Zephaniah 317. Write it down in your favorite translation and read it every day. Memorize it until you believe it's true for you. And God's given me a way to determine what I'm going to hope in or even what I hope for. And he's given me these R words and there's a lot of them, but I'm not going to give them all to you. So don't worry. Um, but the first one is remember. So we've got to remember who he is and whose I am. Think of your children climbing up in your lap to get comfort. That's who he wants to be for us. He's our Abba father. And the next R is repent. 
to throw off the sin. Ask him to show you what that sin is in our lives. I often saw with my children that the one I was most at odds with was the one whose speck I saw that was magnifying the log in my own eye. God revealed to me my own sin as I saw a small resemblance of it in them. Who are you struggling with right now? Check your own heart and ask the Lord to give you something good to see in that child or maybe that husband. I don't know where y'all are or a friend or whatever, but that's, that was a huge prayer for me to start praying that I could see something good in that child I was having a hard time with and speak it to them so you could speak words of life to them. Even if it was, oh, thanks for taking your plate to the sink. You know, it could be something so simple because it makes you start thinking about how to encourage that child. The next R is return. Return to the Lord and run the race he has given you to run. Y'all, we've got to stop comparing ourselves and running to social media for comfort. I know it's a lifeline a little bit right now because we're so separated, but we can't get all our value and worth there. It's a false value. My old teaching leader used to say, run to the throne and not the phone. And that's kind of what we can say to ourselves too. Are we running to the Lord? Are we running to Facebook for affirmation? The next R is receive. And I think the others all make sense to me when I receive these truths for myself. To receive and believe and take hold of his gift of grace. A grace that rescues us, that transforms us, and empowers us. And the next R is rest. And I've heard some of y'all say that you felt like you've had some rest, but I know it also, I know y'all work from home and have little kids at home and maybe a husband working from home. And you think, well, I don't have any moments of rest right now, but it's a rest for your soul and just even spending a moment before the Lord, listening to his come to me. Marianne Fraser gave me a great gift and you might've heard her say this at some time, but she used to lay in bed for a few minutes before she woke, got up, got up, and just gave her day to the Lord and let her day and her prayers over her family begin before her feet hit the floor. That was such a good thing for me to do when I had small children at home, because when you start getting up and moving, they hear you and they do too. And so it was just such a benefit to rest my soul in him before I even hit the floor. Um, the last one I'm gonna tell you is ready. Because if these other things can kind of line up, then we're ready to tell others from the overflow of our heart and gratitude what God's done for me. You have little people at your feet all day long. So here's something you can be ready to do. You can act out Bible stories with them. This was one of my kids' favorite things to do. And I was really affirmed in this when David Schmidt used to be the children's supervisor. He came up to me one day and said, wow, you're really imprinting God's word in your children's heart. And I said, oh, I am. What, did, what happened? And he said um, that they were studying about David and Goliath. And Mark Stevens stood up and said, the battle is the Lord's. And he knew that because he'd acted it out. He had been David in that battle and he was trusting the Lord to help him defeat Goliath. 
Mark used to be the tree and the kids would climb up him and be Zacchaeus and that one would be Jesus. And it was just fun. And they remember these things and it did imprint God's word in their heart. Um, you can read a book together. There's some great books out there now, but this was one of our favorites. I don't know if your parents read it to you. It's called the treasure tree and it's kind of the Enneagram of our day. And it was, it's four lion of a lion and otter a beaver and um, a golden retriever and they go on an adventure and you see the four personality types of these kids and your kids can pick out who God's made them to be and grow in that there's Narnia there's a lot of great books that um, really help you to show them who Christ is in a creative way and then pray together I think prayer is the most important thing you can do as a family, as a couple. Um, prayer is the work. That's what Oswald Chambers said. You have a ministry in your home right now. And it's such a vital time for you to put this um, prayer to work, to let God show you how to do it. And I'll tell you the last thing is to pray for your spouse. I want to tell you, I was a big failure of that early in our marriage. Mark was is a godly man he got up every day early and prayed and spent time with the lord and i felt like i needed to pray over my children a whole lot more than i needed to pray over him or maybe a friend that was in trouble and that was bad <laughs> i shouldn't have thought that but it really didn't hit me until we had three friends three couples that we had known in our young marriage class we'd kind of lost touch with but these were godly man, men, and they all three fell hard. I'm talking adultery, pornography, abuse. And I was in shock. And really, for the first time, I thought, oh, God, but for the grace of God, goes I. That could have been us. And I started praying for my husband. And it just really changed a lot of things in me and how I looked at him. And we've had this new gift we've discovered in the last few months. And it's this book. If some of y'all have might have seen Fierce Marriage by um, the Friedrichs. This is 40 prayers for my husband. And then there's one for the men, 40 prayers for my wife. And it's a devotion where you just read a verse and there's a prayer. And then you can journal and write a prayer for your husband. Some of y'all are thinking, well, I never get my husband to do that. That's not going to happen. But you know what? That's okay. Just start, just order the two books and you start praying and see what God does. It's been the sweetest gift for us. Y'all, we've been married 36 years and it's been the sweetest gift to just enjoy hearing or getting a note back when he was still at work. Um, he would send a text telling me what he prayed for me or I would leave him a note. Or talk about that night at dinner. It's just a sweet gift you can give one another. Um, well, prayer is a place where deep hope is found because, as I said in the beginning, God was about reordering my perspective. I'm not hoping for as much as I'm hoping in the one who holds all things in his hand. So, what do I believe? about what God thinks of me now. I can make a choice every day whose voice I will listen to. I even thought when I was preparing this, why should y'all be listening to me? There's so many women so much more worthy to be speaking to you right now. 
But God says, in my weakness, he is strong. He calls me his beloved and his delight. He is for me and will never leave me. He loves me right where I am, but he also loves me enough not to leave me here. He uses these struggles in our lives as an opportunity to grow us. So where is your hope? What are you struggling in? What are you believing about God's love for you? Let's talk about your three words that you wrote down at the beginning. And then let's also talk about God's glorious exchange and see if that might change. Let me pray for us and then hopefully we can have some conversations together. Father, thank you so much for your word and how powerful it is. I thank you for just the truth that you sent Jesus to come and rescue us and come and get us and bring us to you. I thank you that you sing over us and delight over us. That is astounding that the God of the universe cares about us so very much. Lord, may we um, release any fears we have, any unmet expectations, and may our hope be completely in you. And I thank you for this time with these girls, and I pray that you would bless these conversations. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.